Well, hello there and welcome to another episode of the Profit Profile Podcast from your host, Chris Foster, the Profile Guy. Now, if this is your very first time you have tuned into Profit Profile Podcast, you are going to hear tips and strategies of how to build a personal brand within the hairdressing and barbering industry. Essentially, building a profile, I believe it's the first and the only way that you could actually get your name, your brand, your work out there to the world, that you can maximize the opportunities that are available to those who play the game at the highest level. So this episode, again, is like none other because I am going to be introducing a good friend of mine named Gary Spencer. Now, this episode somehow slipped under the radar and this was recorded the 7th of May, right slap bang in the middle of the lockdown in the UK. Now, I completely somehow, you know, when things get swept under the market, uh, our carpet, excuse me, not the market, they get swept under the carpet. And I realized just recently going through my phone is I haven't heard this episode. I went through the archives and found it sitting there nestling in the um, digital cobwebs that are <laughs> that was on my files. I've brought it out, dusted it off, and now I'm going to share this episode with you guys. Now, Gary's going to be talking about branding. He's going to be talking about his brand and what he did to create these massive um, um, high value events. And you know, you're going to learn from scratch from the man himself. Okay. So guys, uh, again, I, I'm blowing off the kind of digital dust of this and you are now going to hear my interview with Gary Spencer in the middle of lockdown. So it's kind of a weird one, but you're going to get a lot of information and I think a lot of value from this episode and I'll see you guys on the other side. Gary Spencer, welcome Hello, to the Mr. Profit Mr. Profile Podcast. Yeah, I'm very well, <laughs> dude. What's going on? What's going on? Um, do you know what? I'm I'm in I'm actually funnily enough enjoying lockdown to a certain extent. It's it's given me a good good bit of time with the family, which makes a change because we're normally traveling around. Mm. And I'm one of those funny people. I always feel guilty. If right. I uh, if I have too much time off, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm actually quite enjoying it. I've even done a bit of baking. Wow! See now, that's a man of many many talents. I uh, do, but we're not going to talk about your baking skills right now. We're going to talk nope. about how you um, develop a brand, how you get the sponsorship you need to get off the ground, get your ideas off the ground, and um, many of the listeners might not know what you're about so i'm going to just give you a brief synopsis because i went to one of your events the last event just before lockdown was yes. a barber bash event and um it was it was crazy so many barbers so many people just pouring yep. in the, i think it was the biggest barber battle in europe do you just did you um have what was it i think it was wasn't it that's correct yeah it was it was the biggest one we've done so far how many barbers um, went to that? I think it was the biggest one yet in Europe. We had six, about 63 in total. Wow. Um, so when you've got 63 contestants and 60-odd barbers cutting the hair and you've got the judges, you know, there's 130 people on the floor. So it was a bit crazy, but uh, a lot of fun, though. <laughs> 
Amazing, amazing. So tell me about, of course, the concept and starting up, because obviously I mean, you started this idea of the, of the Barber Bash and being a place where barbers can connect and obviously share mm. their skill. I mean, obviously, I, I want to know, what was, the, what was it like starting out your business from the grassroots? Let's just get deep, right. man. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's get deep. Um, well, to be honest, what it was, I, I was... I'd started doing a few um, demonstrations and workshops. I'd always been involved in in that going way back when uh, to like the 90s with Paul Mitchell and comp- hairdressing companies. Um, and the barbering scene was just taking off in, in its new form about six, seven years ago. People were getting excited about it. Uh, the tattoo culture was starting to boom and things like that. All these little minor subcultures, if you like. Um mm. And I just came to um, I, I just came to this idea. It was on holiday actually, and I thought, barber bash. We should do a thing just for barbers, because I was so used to going to Salons National and Pro Hair Live, which are great shows, fantastic. But the barbering was always at the back of the room, and in between that, you had a load of beauty products and tanning beds and massaging beds and vajazzles and God knows what. <laughs> but you know, barbering to me was becoming this really cool subculture. So I decided that what we need to do was give it its own specific platform. Now, we did have Barber Connect at the time, which, again, I believe that is a great event. Um, but, again, it, it was held in a hotel and it was more towards exhibiting products and purchasing products and purchasing product lines. Um, so I, I just came up with this idea that what we could do is um, we could have a load of barbers on stage so we could make it more of a sort of a community kind of vibe. And also the, the location where we were going to have it was going to be more in keeping with what the, the newer barbers coming through would want. So we looked at all these cool urban venues. There's, there's one in Liverpool called Camp and Furnace and um, one in London called the Oval Space. And there's a place like this all over the UK. But we wanted to do something that befitted the people who were coming to the events. Um so that was sort of the, the formula. And we also wanted, we'd, we'd seen the same people on stage at every her event uh, for the last 10 years. So I wanted to give a lot of these new guys that were coming up um, an opportunity to, to get on stage for the first time. Um, before that, I honestly feel it was like dead man's shoes where you, you would just no chance, uh, unless somebody sort of pulled away from the industry and pulled off doing the stage, but you weren't going to get an opportunity to say work on the wall stand that was never going to happen for a lot of people so um it was a mixture of those few things making it cool making it an opportunity for people and then also the explosion of uh, social media happened which again changed the face of everything also yeah so that was it really chris brilliant so so tell me about obviously the first you know first starting a concept did you have funding for it i mean how did you get it going like w- what was the, the 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 kind of investment of time and energy to get oh. to your first event and get it up and live and get people to the event let's let's talk about that yeah i mean what it was i'd actually been in the industry since 1986 i'd mainly been a hairdresser although i'd had i'd actually had a barber shop in preston in about 1990 so I touched on barbering for a while, um, but the big recession hit about 2008, and I had five shops in Liverpool and Southport and Preston, um, and it hit, hit everybody pretty badly, especially people like us who have these sort of small chains of salons and shops. So I'd actually closed down a couple of my shops, sold them off, and I ended up had had the one shop left running. Times were a bit tough. Um, the banks weren't lending money um, because of the crash. 
And so this was sort of a foremost thought, this is going to be different. I'm going to be back doing what I did years ago when I was at my most creative. Um, the only thing is I didn't have any money. So the first time we did it, we did it in a, um, I look back now and it was a bit horrible, really. It was a hotel in Southport, but they gave it us on a Monday night for free. So um, <laughs> everybody else was saying it was £1,500 or £2,000. I've got a mortgage and three kids. I couldn't afford to pay pay that. So we did it on a shoestring. And funnily enough, it was, I actually met up with a couple of guys. One of them was Danny Robinson in Preston. And he said, um, you need to promote this on Instagram. And I said, what is Instagram exactly? <laughs> and he said, oh, well, you do this. So Danny Robinson opened my first Instagram account for me. Wow. And we started using Instagram. And we were, we were using Facebook a bit. So we promoted it on there. Um, and we did this show in Southport. 300 people came. We didn't really have any exhibitors. I think I um, had some gowns and T-shirts for sale. Um, the lovely guys at British Master Barber supported us. And um, we had Alan Beak on stage. We had Danny Robinson. We had the guys from Master Barbers in Southport, Rob Ricks and Dan mm -hmm. Ricks. And we had Sid Satong. And it went really well. But with everything, especially in a creative industry, um, we realized there was a lot of changes to be made. You know, we needed to improve it and move forward. But that was how it all started, really. Mm. So now, obviously, you've got all these sponsors on board now who are obviously backing the actual Barber Bashers. Tell me about the, the, the journey of, um, of the, the, the process of getting that sort of sponsorship. Well, again, it starts at the beginning. Um, you almost have to prove yourself or you do have to prove yourself. So going back to that first show, we did the first show. The second show came along and we, we did Glasgow as our second show, which was really when it started to take off. Um, and we had people approach us. We had a guy, Colin from Yoy Scissors, um, who is actually a Sakura brand ambassador and whatever. Um, and he approached and said, can I sell scissors? Can I get involved with scissors? He's been with us since day one. So he's been sort of our scissor guy. Um, and eventually that sort of grown into us being uh, ambassadors for this brand, Sakura, which are really good. But yeah, well, luckily that was from day one. Um, we were also lucky we got into Rusal when it first came into the country. Um, and again, we, we were just unbelievably lucky with, um, they came to see us in Southport to just have a chat with us, I thought. And I was speaking to um, um, Xavier, who is the, the brand guy for the country. And he said, uh, do you know of Scorum? And I said, yeah, I know Scorum. He said, uh, and it was so funny because I'd actually watched them on video so much um, mm. over the last couple of years and they yeah, were really yeah. the big thing. Mm. And he said, well, would you like them to do a show with you? And I'd like nearly spit my coffee out. <laughs> of course I would. He said, well, the £10,000, I think he said, or £12,000 mm -hmm. to bring them over a weekend. So I just thought, no chance. And he said, I'm going to bring them over and give you them for nothing. <laughs> so so we got the Rusal gig really to... To, to launch Rusal in the country, um, which again, there's a bit more to that story. I'll probably say it later. But um, we then got a sponsorship from Rusal through that. So our very first sponsorship deal was, was Rusal. Um, it actually transpired. It didn't really work for us uh, in the long run because the products weren't really in keeping with the, the guys' work that we would go for more matte finishes and salt sprays and stuff. Um, so after that, um, about six months after the Rusal job came along, we were then approached by Osmo, who, who again, 
um, I've supported us now for over four or five years who've been, done a fantastic thing. They've they've sort of helped us put on all the shows. They've they've paid paid to have stands at all the shows. So yeah, Osmo came along and they've been really sort of significant in our in our path, if you like. Mm. I think I think what I'm getting from this is that the the kind of inspiration I'm getting from this is that you have to start. I mean, you had you didn't have anything in the beginning, but if you don't start nobody's going to even think about sponsoring you if you don't actually put the time, energy, effort into your own dream. That's it. You've got to, I mean, to be honest with you, mate, I am obsessive about what I do. I actually love it. I mean, I know it sounds very corny and cliche. I actually love my job. It's great, you know, hanging around with cool, uh, creative guys and and girls, uh, traveling all over the place. It's a great job, but underneath it all i am obsessed by it i mean i may, I do laugh at myself sometimes i'll wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and i'm thinking about the show we're doing in a few weeks and it, it is on my mind a, a lot um and again getting sponsorship you've got to put yourself out there i think one of the key things i would recommend to anybody is be aware of how much uh, a, a company will look at you uh, if you are looking at getting a sponsorship deal um we once got we got offered to do the um, the American football came to London about two years ago, mm. and uh, just for men were the sponsors and they contacted us and they wanted us to supply barbers to cut all the um, VIPs at the at the uh, American football in London, and also they wanted a salon in London where all the press would go for like a junket before and there'd be screens up and free Budweiser and stuff. Um, now I offered them certain barbers to do that. I said, I can organise this for you. And they looked through every one. There was, there was one in particular, he was a great lad, but he did a bit of swearing on his page. And they, <gasps> said, they said, oh, no, we won't have that guy. It just might not wash well. Um, wow. So not too judgmental, but just be aware that, you know, try and, try and re- realise that if you're doing social media or whatever you're doing, you're constantly on show to these people. So, and they, so they, they didn't even think about this guy because obviously how he profiled himself on in social media. Yeah, I mean, he's a really cool guy. I don't think you'll mind me saying it. it was my friend from Canada, Chink the Barber. He's a really cool guy. But one of his things he does, he, he puts the middle finger up on all his pictures, which is funny. And everybody laughs about it. And he, he's got this, he, he is so cool. But because of that, they wouldn't have him at the... Um, at the at the Wembley Arena, they wouldn't let him do the mm. VIPs because they just might have been one person who didn't like that, you know. And mm. that's what they've got. PR companies and, and companies, they've got a lot of people to keep happy. So mm. it won't just be the person you're dealing with. They'll be reporting to somebody and they've got to think about the brand they are working for and keeping it as appealing and clean as as, as possible, you know. Mm. So what do you think big brands look for in because obviously you we can see that they don't want that then they don't want um um you know to be compromised as a brand yeah what do you think they look for then the positive sides of you know the, how to be more attractive to big brands and big opportunities yeah i mean to be honest barbering is very attractive to to brands mm. um the reason for that is that the catchment of, of barbers is young guys maybe between the age of 20 and 27. So that's me far. I'm, I'm twice that's so on way out. But between yeah, the age of 20 and 30, <laughs> they've all got at that age, um, before they get married, they've all got lots of disposable income usually. Mm. So companies like we're sponsored by Jameson Whiskey. Um, so Jameson Whiskey is a brilliant company because it's such a, an enormous, it's the biggest alcohol company, I think, in the world. 
Um, so they approached us t- for us to, to, to be with them. Um, and what they were interested in is what age group my people who came to my show were. Um, and because we hit that demographic, it's the guys with a bit of money in, the guys who are going to go out and have a night out, possibly have a bit of money to spend. And so therefore, the barbering demographic fits a lot of cool companies, if you like. Um, but they'll definitely look at, look at, like I said, they'll look at your social media also uh, and see what kind of work you're putting out. They're very, very savvy on, on tracking numbers of how well you're doing with posts and things like that. Hmm. So all those kind of paid for followers and stuff like that is just, uh, they'll, they'll get through that right away. They'll, they'll smell it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the paid following thing was, was a thing, I think, a couple of years ago. Hmm. And what people look at now is when they look on, say, for instance, Instagram, they'll look at how many interactions you've had with a post. So it's not that mm. how many followers you've got, but say Jameson will, I, I do a thing where I give away a free fridge. People just have to come in and, and, and they have to tag barber friends in a post I've done. And I give, give away this little fridge full of Jameson. I've done it about four times. And they then will analyze the figures and say, well, how many people looked at this and how many people shared it? And they'll look at those figures. That's what's important to them. Um, and again, all this stuff is becoming more and more available. It's very easy, actually, when you know when you know how. Like most mm. things, that though, isn't it? <laughs> well, this is it. This is it. And I think we we now know how. I think it's it's not it's, it's common knowledge how the algorithms work now. It's engagement. That's all they're looking for. Um, fans and followers and stuff. It, it means nothing really. It's yeah. it's how you engage. I mean, it's really funny because one strategy I use at the moment, any and everyone that comes into my Instagram now, I'm giving them a personal voice message just to interact with them. That's a great Because idea. I think that, that, that in itself means that people can feel like, oh, oh, he's taking time to leave me a voice message. I could have just sent the ubiquitous um, uh, copy and paste the message in. But I actually say, you know what? I appreciate you for following. That's you know? brilliant. And I think that's the best way of doing it. So um, that's, that's sort of a strategy advice. I picked up. I mean, you know, that's, one, um, that's one thing I would say um, for me with the Barber Bash, what I love about what we do, um, when you get a load of guys approach and say, oh, you've got the London show coming up, can I cut at it? Um, mm. I love I love it when I can communicate back with those guys and say, yeah, give me a bell, let's have a chat about it. And what you're doing there by responding to a message just might cheer somebody up or make them feel great that day. That you know, mm. Chris is bothered to get back to me. And again, I try and do it on my social media. When people tag me in things, just a little message back saying, keep up the great work, mate. Nice work. Spot on job. Whatever you want to say to them. Um, and some people will will take a screenshot of that and repost it on the story. And that that makes me feel good that I'm doing something nice for people, if you like. Yeah. Well, it is a social network and networking is so important. Yeah. I mean, you told me, I mean, we've spoken about, you told me a story about how you networked even uh, in a line. I think you were telling me about this story. Yes. Yeah. I mean, again, (laughs) what I always say, I say it to my son who's studying to be, um, he's been a journalist and I say it to people who work with, you know, always be prepared. Always be prepared because you never know where the next opportunity is coming from. Um, one of the things that make I, I do laugh about it, my wife is brilliant. And again, my wife works full time for the Barbabash. She she organizes all the hotels and she organizes all the travel and the flights and, and what one of your lovely wife. Really nice lady. Very nice. She's lady. a good she's a good one. <laughs> I've done all right there. I've done all right there. Um, but yeah, what what it was, we were at um we were at Salon, uh, sorry, we were at Barber Connect. And the guys at Barber Connect, again, they'd offered me a free stand at Barber Connect, which was brilliant. You know, again, mm. lucky and fortunate and very grateful. And they actually, at that time, it was about the second or third year they'd done it. They put this room on where you could get sandwiches. 
Nikki went off to get some sandwiches and started talking to the lady behind her. Um, and it turns out she was the brand ambassador for Osmo, who didn't know what the Barber Bash was. Mm-hmm. Nikki told them what we did. I gave her a card. Um, I think I, I got the train to Glasgow about a week after. And straight away, they've been at every single show since then and now are probably one of our, well, they are our main sponsor. They supply all mm. the products. We do a lot of college work now as well. And when we do our college events, they supply a goodie bag for everybody who attends. And so, Fantastic. again, just being in the right place, but also then following it up and making sure you're prepared. Mm. So my wife being, God bless her, she was um, she was selling me in a sandwich line. She was pimping me out in the sandwich line. I love it. <laughs> She's pimping it easy, man. Just I, I, I listen. I feel for her. It's not easy. <laughs> That's it. That's... She's got a hard sell on her hands. <laughs> but yeah, you've got. To be... I was speaking to Slider Cuts the other night on um, on on one of these Instagram lives, and Slider uh-huh. Cuts is very inspirational. I think it's fantastic what he does, and he was telling me about he did the hair of. Um, it wasn't Kobe Bryant. It was another very famous football, uh, basketball player. He also does mm-hmm. like AJ, Anthony Joshua, Reggie mm-hmm. Yates. And he, he was talking about something similar, saying that they actually followed him for like three or four months um, mm-hmm. before they chose to come to him to have the haircut, just to see what he was all about. Um, and he, a lot of it with him was he would show people that he was at the shop at five and five thirty in the morning because he wanted them mm. to see the effort and energy that goes in behind the scenes. And I think that's really nice. Mm. Um, you know, we had um, we had the one show at our show in London um, doing a little film, um, and it was nice for them to mm-hmm. see. It's, I think it's good for people to see the build-up to it as well, as well as just the, the climax mm. of, the, of the show, you know. Mm. Has that been has that brought has that been broadcast yet? Do you know what? I don't think they can broadcast it because um, I think they're avoiding anything with crowds on because it, it sort of sends out a wrong signal. <gasps> if you know what I mean. So, of course. Uh, I'm yeah. Get, I'm hoping it will get done. Um, who yeah, knows? Fingers, yeah. No, it's a very crossed. tricky time. I think we're we're in a very very strange uh, world at the moment. And um, you know, um, you know, what's your prediction about the whole kind of coronavirus? Let's just get your your kind Ooh. of uh, take on. On, well, on the industry, how the industry was shaped and prepare itself for yeah. the kind of the new norm. I well, first of all, I want to say, I mean, I really feel sorry for a lot of mates of mine that have had no money yet. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that we know that a lot of barbershops run on a self-employed scheme. A lot of these young lads out there have had no cash for the last six or weeks or more or whatever. And as we know, yeah, yeah. Young, young girls and guys they don't earn a, a, a hell of a living you know they, they've not got pots of money hidden mm. away we normally all live we all mm. we all live beyond our means or a lot of us live beyond our means mm. so i feel really sorry for those guys um i do mm. think that we've got to really start thinking now about going back to work i mean i personally was was sponsored as well by salons direct to supply all the ppe so mm-hmm. my wife my wife again is going to be on the job there we're going to have aprons for every client, we're going to have disposable towels, which we've always done disposable towels. But I think that'll be a key thing to 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 mention on our website. Um, we're going to have a fresh mm. gown for everybody because we're l- lucky we can do that. Um, it will be mm. gloves. It will be face masks. I think I'm lucky. I've got quite a big salon. So what I'm going to personally do is each stylist will have an area and they will have one client mm-hmm. in at a time. Um, and I think 
I honestly think that friends of mine, uh, I was in Tom Baxter's shop just before lockdown in Newcastle, and he had about 15 people sat there waiting for the five barbers. Yeah. Mm. People will not want to do that anymore. People will not want to do that. Mm. I, I do think it could have a, a, an impact, and I think it could be a good thing on um, cashless society. I know that barbers are fond of having cash a lot of the times for one reason or another, but I think just being able to tap a, tap a credit card machine and just pay for it and get it in the bank, that's probably going to be key. And also appointment mm. systems. I think appointment systems would be a great thing because, you know, people know, listen, you've got to be there at 10.30. Don't come at 10 o'clock and want to sit around for half an hour. Just come for your appointment dead on time. And I think that could be a massive mm. help. Well, I think, yeah, I think, you know, you know, you're right. I think our industry really is changing in terms of, People need to just get with a program when it comes to technology now and just move with the times because we are getting more into that the, the online space. Yeah, I mean, you would. <laughs> uh, you know, fortunately, 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 we can't cut our hair online. So that's, it. I guess, the fortunate thing about our industry. Yeah, I mean, you, I know you worked in a really salubrious place in, in London. You, you showed me once and you're at Ruffians, which is fantastic as well. Um, people expect now in a quality environment to have the Visa card and the credit card facility. I think cash has to go at some point. And again, um, a lot of salons and shops do have walk-ins. But honestly, I honestly would no, not want to sit for an hour and wait for a haircut. I'm, I'm somebody who wants to be in, have it cut, and then I've got somewhere else to go to. So it's a matter of service. I mean, at Ruffians, is it appointment mm. only? It is appointment. It, is, it will be appointment only. We do have a computer system, and also it's uh, we just take cards completely. So we don't. We take cards of cash, but it's mainly cards. It's cleaner. It's yeah, easier. Yeah. And, uh, all, all, yeah, all the places do it. It's really funny. I went to it. <laughs> Did I say I do eat chips? I went to a chip shop yeah, around, yeah. Um, kind of like around the time, and, and look, I says, uh, "Oh, he says, um, oh, we don't take cards." I'm like, I looked at him funny. I'm like, "What? Yeah, no, you can't do that." Not <laughs> so I had to age. literally physically go out and get cash. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah you can't do that world. in this day and age. I don't think. Yeah. Also, yeah. I've got a thing as well yeah. about because because most of my life is spent in other people's training facilities and colleges. Mm -hmm. I mean, the colleges are probably not going to happen for the rest of the year. I don't think. Um, mm -hmm. But for instance, I had lined up. I had, well, I had quite a few things. I had a trip to Italy lined up. Um, I had a trip to um, Malta. We were looking at going back to the. Uh, we had Spain. We were going to. So I'm just sort of waiting for waiting to hear what Boris says and see what. Uh, see what mm, comes out but mm. you know at the end of the day we've got to be positive we've got to be as positive as we can i honestly feel myself i've, I've done a lot of stuff that needed doing while this time has been closed you know, while we've been closed down and i'm hoping that it's going to really re-energize people when they do get back to work and they'll have a new i think so new vigor i think so i think and I think what will happen is that people have a real appreciation for the artists and the, the people who cut their hair and make them look good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there'll be a massive, massive respect. I think now we're going to be seen as a new key workers. Yeah, well, do you know what? We've been, uh, we do, we have a shop as well. We sell barbering equipment and um, we've sold some clippers. We've sold more clippers than we've ever sold. But I looked on eBay and there are clippers going, like £50 and this clippers for over £100, do you know? They're absolutely getting wow. these massive premiums. Can I ask you just one question? Is how do you feel yeah. about these guys that are popping up that are doing hair during lockdown? How do you feel about that? Well, it's a scary thought. Um, and, you know, the temptation is real. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I, can I be honest with you? I have been very tempted 
Yes. But I, I refuse to do it because I don't feel that I one I want to bring um, a virus to someone's home. I will never feel at all, yeah. or even bring it back to my home. Never, never, never even think about it. I couldn't that's even it. think about it. Been, so the thought came from my head. I thought, oh, that's interesting, and I just thought, no, I can't. So you get all these text messages from clients, and I just wouldn't yeah. do it. I wouldn't do it because it's not the right thing to do. And I think we are going to get a, 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 some message in the UK. We have international listeners yeah. <laughs> um, to this podcast, so we 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 will be getting some news whether or not what's going to happen. I think this Sunday and it's really Let's see what's happening so. um because we we know it's it's a very interesting time and i've got some, it's really funny i've got some clippers in my house i'm looking at they're in boxes i'm thinking mm, should i see yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funnily enough my um, my next door neighbor i just went out into the driveway to my car and he went excuse me can mm. you would you cut me her if i put a mask on and i felt awful she said, mate i can't you can't i can't yeah. risk you bringing anything or whatever into my house three children and uh, my wife and stuff there's just mm. you know for the sake of a haircut we've all got to realize there's a lot more important things in the in the mm. world isn't mm. there you know mm. if everybody has a little bit yeah. of growing yeah. hair so be it I mean, it's not nice but let's yeah. get on with it you know comb it back jelly i mean let's go back to the A's, man let's that's just do it, it. <laughs> i'm gonna have a bullet <laughs> when i actually start i history, think it's I really awesome. funny it, it's funny it's really it's sure. really funny because then we like years ago everyone's talking about like, oh everyone's gonna grow their hair skin fades are gonna go and it's yes. taking a point like this that possibly people are, have to grow their hair well do you know what that's yeah. that's the thing i've been sort of discussing when i've done a few instagram lives um is what will happen will people embrace the new longer hair or will they just go crazy and go no cut it off and will the skin fades and the shorter styles so which way will it go after if we're locked down for another three weeks or four weeks, you know, people will have a bit more length in the hair. So which way? Mm. Interesting. Very <laughs> interesting stuff. Very interesting. So let's, let me I'll talk about uh, Barb Bash again and just bring it back to how does, how does somebody um, get the opportunity to profile themselves, to make you uh, uh, be, be seen on their... Well, sorry, repeat that. Let me repeat that story. So how... Do does somebody uh, build their profile though you can see them as a credible person that you want to have them on your stage? Well, that's a good question. Um, let me I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you about Hayden Cassidy because a lot of people know Hayden. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how it happened mm-hmm. for her? We we always try and encourage new people. So you'll have possibly four teams on the main stage, which will be four reasonably to well known people, and then you'll also have. The stands around the room, which will be Salons Direct, it'll be Sakura Scissors, it'll be the Barber Bash stand, and it'll be um, the Osmo stand. And we put 10 people on each of those stands as well. So at any one show, you'll have the 16 on stage and maybe 40 around the room. Um, Hayden Cassidy actually came to one of our workshops um, in Dublin at Cut and Sew five years ago, I think it was. It was Alan Beak and, and Respeak did the workshop. And from that, she just had so much energy and so much desire and passion. And she, she, when we, the workshop finished, she came and had a little drink in the pub with us, a patch of Guinness. Uh, and she bought her first pair of scissors or one of the first pair of scissors from myself. And then she just stayed in touch with us. Um, and we were doing a show in Glasgow the second year. And, and, and I said to Alan B, what do you think? We need to get more females involved because we're very mindful of that. And she said, well, why don't we give Hayden a, a chance? We'll have the three main guys on the stage. I think it was Alan Reese and Liam Twist. And she joined them on stage or she joined one of the groups on stage. And that's how her career 
sort of started. And from that, I mean, don't be wrong, she might have been or could have been successful anyway because she's got such a great personality and she's talented. But from that, she's now gone on to be yes, an Andis Global Educator. She works, I think, in Ruffians with yourself in London. Plus, she's travelling all over. Mm -hmm. I think she's done about 10 shows and about 20 workshops with ourselves. But I think it's just having desire, um, really wanting to do it. And we are always welcoming new people. We have what we call an open door policy. And if people contact us, hey, hey, Gary, I see you doing the show in London. I really want to be involved. And normally we'll say, well, give me a call. If they give me a call and they seem right, which most people are, um, we'll nine, well, eight out of ten times we'll give them an opportunity. It's always better if they have some good photographs on their Instagram or social media. You know, we do obviously look at that. But they don't have to have thousands of followers. You know, we've had people on there that have got 500 followers. Um, there's a guy in, in Milton Keynes who's very, very good called Candol. I think he's around the Milton Keynes area. He works with a guy called MJ Langley. And he's not on social media hardly at all. But his work is next level. It's absolutely brilliant. Very so Does a lot of the design and, and pattern work. Um, and he's a guy that we'll be using. I think we're going to be doing Salon International, hopefully, fingers crossed, if it's on. Um, and he'll be joining us there. But again, he's hardly on social media. Hmm. So how do you get to the, how do you know of this guy then if he's not just reaching media? out? Um, he was a friend of, of right. MJ who MJ does a bit of education with us. Um, he turned up again. Turning up is probably one of the things I'll also say. If you turn up and and, and know when it's not coronavirus time, put your hand out and shake hands with somebody. And go, hey, I'm Gary. I'm I'm Chris or I'm Candle, whatever. Um, you make an impression on somebody. And then what you do is the week after, you send a message, hey, do you remember meeting me? I'm the guy with the curly hair or I'm the guy with the grey hair. You know, I'd love to talk to you about being on stage. And almost, well, not harass them, but make them know that you're there. Um, Candle turned up at Sound International. He just jumped on. He said, can I do a cut? And there was a little gap. So we let him do a cut. And the, what he did was absolutely fantastic. He then came to one of our shows, I uh, forget which one it was, and then this year in London, he took his own stand, and, and what he did, we had the, the one show there, as I mentioned, and I think it was him that ended up doing the one show design in the back of somebody's head. So again, it's just hmm. being there and having that little bit of desire and drive to get on, um, and be, you know, being prepared to take the opportunity. I think that's so key. That's so important. It kind of reminds you of a story that, you know, happened in my yeah. career very early on. So exact same thing. Somebody was meant to do something for a stage, I think in a war stage back in the days, they had a show called Afro yeah. Hero Beauty. And the, the person was meant to do it didn't turn up. And I was there with my clippers. And the guy says, you know what? You're here. Let's do it. Yeah. And that's what happens. Just be there. Just be there. Be there. You can get yes. these opportunities. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's been amazing. So so I'm just going to just ask the last question. The last yeah. question for me is, right, if there's one piece of advice, right, one piece of advice that you would give somebody in the industry right now, and this is this is called Gary Spencer's nugget of, of, um, yes. of wisdom, okay? One piece of advice that you could give uh, somebody in the industry right now really thinking about getting a decent profile for themselves, trying to get out there, trying to get sponsored, trying to get brands to look at them. What would that piece of advice be? Um, I think, um, again, Julius Caesar, when he came over, he's worked with us three times, and he's got a tattoo on his, across his forehead, and it says manifest. And it's basically thinking about you having that success and focusing on how you're going to get it, be driven. So 
if you want to be on stage, just think about everything you can do do to be on stage. So you up your game, you make sure you have your tools are the best, you make sure you're dressing the best, you make sure you're attending everything you can attend and just be driven and have that focus to make that happen. Um, also be doing it for the right reasons as well. You know, make sure what you're doing, you're doing it not just to be on stage, but you're doing it because that's going to give you, um, you know, the sort of pat on the back that you that you want or, um, you know, that's your, that's your real goal. Um, and yeah, do anything you can to make that happen. And that'll be a whole host of things that you put into the recipe of making that success. Have a good website. Have a be good on social media. Be great with your presentation. Work on your presentation skills as well, because what we often find is people will be great at fading and they'll do some great pictures, but can they actually speak? So practice it. You know, make sure you're prepared. And that would be my advice. Wow. Dude, that was that's just amazing. That's just been fantastic. Gary, this has been an absolute pleasure. Rap with you. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Gary. Um, it's a great interview. And one thing that really stuck out in my mind was the word manifest. And that is essentially to be clear or obvious to your eye or mind. What does it mean to be really focused, to be so focused that you can look into the future and bring what the future is, holds for you and very, very clear what the future holds for you. So many of us are really getting bogged down in what's happening right now in the midst of this pandemic, in a global recession. We get so focused on what we lack and what it didn't used to be. It used to be more clients. It used to be more of this. It used to be more money. It used to be more. But what you have to now do is refocus, manifest into bring what's clear in front of you. Really focus on what's ahead and really prepare yourself for the amazing future that you have ahead of you. And trust me, guys, I strongly believe this is the best time to really take an opportunities and take up all sorts of opportunities to push forward when everyone else is contracting. This is the best time to really bring out the best in you, to manifest your the, the great things, the great opportunities that are around if you play the game at the highest level. So by building your profile, by working on your website when there's no need to go out because there's still kind of semi-lockdown in, we're kind of heading towards the winter again. This is the best time to work on your social media, work on your, your, um, your website, work on what's going to attract more people to you. What is going to really make the difference to your career? Focus on that, guys, and really manifest the best possible opportunities that can happen to you. So this has been my pep talk to you guys. Listen to this podcast. If you really enjoy this podcast, you know that it's all about profile building. It's know that it's all about bringing your best A game to the industry so you win financially have great opportunities and just crush it within the hairdressing industry and barbering industry so guys um if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe please rate it and please leave a review it'll be really uh, it goes a long way it goes a massive way into actually getting more people listen to this podcast and also just 
you know, for me to say, okay, am I doing the right thing here by doing these episodes? <laughs> Until next time, guys, you have a great day or night or evening or afternoon, wherever time you're listening to this. Take care, guys, and I'll see you or hear from me real soon.